To love learning. To laugh. To love. To be loved. To see beauty. To understand. To bring grace. To the things that matter most. This is Psychology America with Dr. Alexandra. Welcome to my show. For every life stage, we have questions. Let's enhance our lives together as we explore the things that matter most. Hello, listeners. The following bonus podcast was recorded live at my book signing and podcast launch benefit event, which took place yesterday, April 26th, 2018, in Sparta, New Jersey, at Interplay Couture Fashion Boutique. The energy in the room was terrific, and I'm filled with gratitude as I think about the friends and my four beautiful children who were in attendance. After you hear some short introductions and a prayer, you'll hear my talk. I was asked to talk about the topic of life balance and self-care, but you're going to hear why I've renamed the talk to Commitment for Self-Care and Self-Care for Commitment. I hope you'll enjoy listening to this live event. Good evening, everyone. Let us please bow our heads and bow our heads in thanks for the gift of Alexandra's book and the gift of hope, which is available to each of us as we face the challenges that life brings. May we love and support each other, each and every person, as we open to a life of joy, hope, and overcoming. For this and so much more, we give thanks. And now we have Lynn and Donna from Interplay Couture and Sparta Books. I just wanted to say um, welcome to Interplay, and uh, I couldn't think of a better way to gather kindred spirits together than this very pivotal woman who uh, is as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. And we uh, it has always been our dream and our quest to give hope to women through feeling good about themselves and looking good and projecting a more positive, connected sense of self. And hope reigns eternal here at Interplay and with Alexandra Miller. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you, Donna, too, from Sparta Books. And I am so grateful that 10% of all of the clothing purchases today are going towards Ginny's house. So that means that it's going to be helping children who are abused. And it's going to help the children that are already being abused, but it's also going to help prevent abuse. And we have the real Ginny Littell here. Yes. <laughs> Ginny Littell from Ginny's house. Thank you, Alexandra. Everybody who's here knows uh, Alexandra and the wonder that she brings to the community. And, and nothing is more important than her secretary's job that she has at Ginny's House on our board. And 20 years ago, when I founded Ginny's House, it was, um, I didn't know what I was doing, to tell you the truth, but I knew that we needed the community involved in order to help victims of uh, of abuse. And we have met that mission through um, the largesse of, of people like Alexandra, not only with her 
professional uh, experience, but also her heartfelt, um, caring way about how she feels about the community and the victims and the non-offending family members. So I'm very, very happy that she's celebrating what we do at Ginny's house through. So buy clothes. That's all. I thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ginny. Did everyone notice that she's from Boston? Yes. <laughs> so Lynn had requested that I do a brief talk tonight about, um, with the topic, There is Hope, Self-Care and Life Balance. So I have prepared something. As I thought about this talk, I had trouble with centering it around life balance because who am I to judge what life balance is? And life balance is going to vary person by person. And I thought about people like Marie Curie and Ben Franklin and Einstein. And what did life balance mean to them? It was different, right? But what they did was really valuable. So I made a decision to focus more on commitment and the question of, are we spending our time and our energy on the things that we deeply value. And I'm going to begin by revisiting Tina's favorite metaphor, which was on my podcast with Simon Rigo, which is the metaphor of being the driver of the bus. You imagine that you're driving a bus. You are the driver. And here you are going from point A to point B, or you intend to go from point A to point B. And as you go, the bus has passengers that get on and they get off. And some of them are unruly passengers and some of them aren't so easy and they distract you. So there might be a passenger that says, hey, here you are approaching this construction zone. It's too much. Let's go have some wine or let's go eat some potato chips instead. <laughs> Then there's a passenger that jumps in front of your bus and says, wait a minute, I can tell you how to go. Take these directions instead. And then there's someone shouting on your bus and they're saying, you know, this might happen. This X, Y, and Z might happen. It might not ever happen, but they keep reminding you to be afraid of something that might not happen, which is called anticipatory anxiety. So we could either mindlessly listen to those passengers, which are, it's really ourselves, right? It's our unhelpful thoughts and urges and impulses and worries. And we could react to their demands. We could drive in a circle, right? Or we could um, try to move towards what we're committed to. And that's our compass. So how do we, how do we do that? I'm going to tell you a story about myself as it relates to this book and the podcast. And I decided years ago that my very simple mission is to love and to be loved. And as such, professionally, I, I wanted to write inspirational children's books. And I wanted to have a podcast that addressed matters of the heart. And then the next question was, how am I going to do this as a single mother working full time with four children, full custody? How am I, how am I going to find the time to do this? So first I had to 
find a way to make more time. And that was by canceling my direct TV. And also uh, all of 2017, I was off of Facebook. I am back on. <laughs> yes. That's, that was to gain a little bit more time. But the next thing is that with the time that I had, did I have the energy to do what I felt was my mission or my calling? So I wanted to increase my energy. So I did things, and I'm going to just share five things that I did to increase my energy, but I'm sure everyone has their own ideas of what increases their energy. Energy, I think, is our greatest commodity. Because what good is a lot of time if you don't have any energy to do anything with all the time, right? So for me, I increased my energy, number one, by really committing to eating well and to eating basically a low glycemic index diet, which there is a book that I'm going to recommend, which is called The Sugar Addict's Guide by Kathleen de Maison. And that helped me as a guideline. But I'm not really rigid about my eating, but I'm going to say I mostly pretty much eat well. But like Maya Angelou says, moderation in moderation, right? <laughs> so I will have dessert, but you're, you're really not going to see me ordering pasta or bread. And then it keeps me more vital and I have more energy for my patients and for what really matters to me. Exercise. I committed to exercising six days a week. I play tennis, and when I don't, I run, and I usually run just 10 minutes. So that's not a lot, but it's a habit, and I do it. I, I pretty much do exercise six days a week, and I get back the time that I put into it for sure. I get more energy back. But, I mean, that helps me to manage stress, but I also, I find this book to be terrific for anyone that wants to manage stress, which is a big distractor, right? Stress-free for good, 10 Scientifically Proven Life Skills for Health and Happiness by Luskin and Pelletier. This will all be on my podcast if you want to you get the names of the books later. I follow the rules of sleep hygiene. So that can be looked up on the internet, but there's a great app called CBTI for anyone that has trouble with sleep. And sleep is just a massive part of our energy that we overlook. I read and I learn from sources other than psychology to, to keep my creativity in balance. I love um, Derek Sivers has a blog. I love that. I listen to podcasts while I do the dishes. And I love this one, The Essential Rumi. It's poems. He's, he's from the 1200s. He's a Sufi Muslim who's truly a global thinker, you know, during that era. And I love to read just five minutes before I go to bed of him. And here's a big one. Daily prayer and meditation for me. Most often, it's really just five minutes a day, but I'm Catholic, and I just did a novena about the topic of forgiveness. I did one just to the Holy Spirit, and I did one on the topic of gentleness. And then I love this app called Insight Timer, which helps me to 
to uh, meditate to like a soft sound of a bell and then I don't worry about the time and then it dings again at five minutes. So these are things that worked for me to increase my energy, but I want to go back to the passenger on the bus. Um, Myself, I have a passenger that gets on my bus that really distracts me from what it is that I want to do. And I'm going to call it self-doubt. I have two stories about that. So my podcast, slowly, little by little, I was getting things ready for it, but I probably got delayed by an entire year by my self-doubt. And those of you that are close to me, you know this story, so forgive me. I, I had in mind a certain guest that I wanted to invite for my first guest, and it's Bob McGrath, who is a colleague of mine, and he's done all kinds of research on virtue. And he's very closely familiar with what they've learned about all the religions of the world and what they have in common. And I thought that will be amazing to, to learn about that. It took me forever to ask him if he would be my first guest. I finally asked him last summer. He said yes. Then I thought, no, he, he really can't do it. He's too busy. I doubted it. And I delayed. And then I asked him again in the fall, will you still be my first guest? And he said, yes. And then I delayed again, twittered around, trying to, trying to find out like about this recorder, microphone, like how do I do this? And finally I asked him again in December and I said, can we choose a date? And he said, well, actually, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed. And can we do it in the spring? But will you consider interviewing my wife about sex therapy? And I was like, Bob, I, sex now and virtue in the spring. <laughs> and, and I thought about it and I said, yes. Yes. And Deb Bernstein was my first guest and she was just terrific. I, I just, I loved having her as my first guest. By the way, another guest is here, T. Love. She's in the most recent podcast about music. She's floating around somewhere. Uh, there, there she is. <laughs> another passenger of self-doubt got on my bus and that was even about doing this tonight. Lynn, the owner of Interplay Couture, had suggested, why don't we do a podcast launch here? And I was like, a podcast launch? I never heard of that. I was like, yeah, okay, we can do it. And then I published the book and I said, let's just put them together and let's collaborate with Sparta Books. And then I sat down with her right over there and I said, Lynn, I have to tell you, I, I feel like, who am I to have a book launch? I'm just, I'm really feeling like, who am I to do this? And it feels funny. Like, who am I to sign a book? And what if no one shows up? You know, and um, she's like, don't you worry about it. Where is she? She says, don't, don't you worry about it. If no one shows up, we're going to have a party. Just us. Like, right, just us. And it'll be fine. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It would be fun just us having a party. So... I moved forward and I have to tell you that I was so incredibly grateful for my very first friends who said yes, which were um, 
Tiffany and Jim and James, wherever you are. I was just grateful like to get that. Yes, we'll be there like so quickly. It was just so nice. So in spite of those unruly passengers, I kept going and it was really just one little thing each time like, oh, I need a domain name for the podcast. And so that will determine the title. And oh, I need an ISBN number for the book. So what do I do for that? And it's just like one little thing a day. You just keep going in spite of those passengers of, of self-doubt. Um, so in sum... I think that one of the best ways that we can care for ourselves is to move towards our values and and our deepest mission. Whatever your deepest sense of mission is, are you moving towards that? And are you taking care of yourself to have the energy to move towards that? And that's what I want to say about hope for life balance. Thank you for being here. If you haven't yet had a chance, please consider purchasing my recently published book entitled There's Always Hope, A Story About Overcoming. It can be found at Sparta Books or at Amazon.com. It was written with love for children nine and under or to serve as a symbolic gift for an adult in your life who's in need of hope. And lastly, if you've enjoyed Psychology America with Dr. Alexandra, you can support us at no cost to you by leaving us a rating on iTunes, sharing it with a friend, or pressing subscribe.